everyone! Welcome to Arts Forward MKE. I'm Lindsay Sheridan, your host and director of marketing and PR at Imagine MKE. In honor of this podcast's first deep dive into a conversation related to classical music, I'm starting this off in a bit of a different way, with a personal story. The music you just heard was from a concert in a tiny storefront venue in the rural college town of Decorah, Iowa in the year 2012. The cellist, a student named Fuk Fan. With him, a dancer named Amanda Hamp. Improvising to the sounds of Bach's fourth cello suite. And I was standing in the back of the room, entranced, delighted, and in awe, and grateful to be presenting that concert that evening and to have worked to bring together the cellist, the dancer, and the audience. It remains one of the most magical evenings of classical music I've ever experienced. I approached this work here at Imagine having fallen in love with the arts through my own performance of classical music and pursuance of a career in arts, with a particular focus on classical music through marketing roles at a chorus and an orchestra. I've been grateful to do work that has brought classical experiences to audiences, whether they be an intimate group of 40 or crowds of a couple thousand basking in the raw emotion of a Mahler symphony or finding peace in a transcendent choral work. So I was especially glad to talk to today's guest, Mark Niehaus, president and executive director of the Milwaukee Symphony Orchestra. A little background. We're on episode seven of this podcast, and this is the last of a series of interviews I recorded as part of a storytelling project about our city's arts leaders before COVID hit in March. So some of the references about in-person events that should have been and never were are unfortunately out of date. But I'm grateful for Mark's time and glad to be able to share this excellent conversation about the orchestra and its role in Milwaukee. Thanks for listening and please enjoy. Mark, thank you so much for being with me. Thank you for having me. Uh, so I'm going to start off our interview with a question that I'm asking all of our artists and administrators that we're profiling to set the scene. All right. Uh, so do you remember a time early in life that you experienced art in a way that really impacted you deeply, that stuck with you? Well, that's a perfect question to ask me today because this past weekend I was back in New Orleans, my hometown, mm. for the pre-Mardi Gras weekend. I'm like a... Salmon. I swim back to New Orleans every year. <laughs> um, and uh, I actually wound up in the Mahalia Jackson Theater, which I think back in my day was called the Municipal Auditorium. And as I sat in that, and I had not been in that theater for 30, maybe 40 years. And I remember very clearly uh, being, I'm going to guess, in the third grade. Wow, yeah. Um, going to see the New Orleans Symphony Orchestra play a concert. And I remember very clearly, it was Bob McGrath from Sesame Street and Big Bird. Super memorable for I a 10-year-old. Exactly. <laughs> and they played, um, I'm fairly certain it was the Shostakovich Festive Overture. They played the William Tell Overture. They played the um, Baby Elephant Waltz. And um, and it's it was, and I just remember the trumpet players. I remember being, because at that point, I was sort of fascinated with Doc Severinsen on The Tonight Show because my mm -hmm. parents watched The Tonight Show. Mm -hmm. In New Orleans, there was Al Hurt and Louis Armstrong and all the great New Orleans trumpet players. Sure. So just to see those guys in the orchestra, they sort of became, that's what made me want to play the trumpet. Yeah. Um, that, that's the that's th the coolest that's the, exactly. like manifestation of being a trumpet player. Exactly. That's <laughs> uh, because they get to be up there with Big Bird, which to me at that age was mm -hmm. like, he was like a superhero kind of. <laughs> so it was pretty amazing. Um 
So yeah, and it turns out later I ended up taking lessons with a couple of the guys in the orchestra that I saw at mm-hmm. that concert. Mm-hmm. And um, it was really wonderful when I was in the Milwaukee Symphony, Bob McGrath came and did the same Sesame Street show with us as a when I was a grown-up. And I went wow. to bring my son to meet him. Yeah. But it was funny because he had that experience over and over of sort of the parents very connected to Sesame Street bringing their kids yeah. who were not as connected to Sesame Street because they had so many more options. Right. But it was it was it was an interesting time. So so for me, yes, a formative experience was in New Orleans at the Mahalia Jackson Theater, seeing the New Orleans Symphony uh, play a concert with uh, Big Bird. <laughs> what a great story. Thank you for yeah, sharing that. Sure. So tell me about your Milwaukee origin story. What originally brought you here? When did you come and, and what kept you around? So I came to Milwaukee in 1990, I think it's seven or 98. I can't remember. It's <laughs> been so long ago. Um, <laughs> I auditioned to be the principal trumpet player of the Milwaukee Symphony Orchestra, mm-hmm. um, along with 132 other trumpet players. Um, yeah. I came up here and uh, played a, an audition, and um, on that day, I, I won the audition. Um, they wanted me, however, to come back and play a couple of weeks with the orchestra before they hired me permanently. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happened to be um, in the middle of, I believe it was the 95th Harley anniversary, <laughs> which I think was the first time they did that sort of everybody come to Milwaukee for a week. Sure. And if people remember back then, the town was essentially fogged in. Um, and I spent a several days wandering around Milwaukee in the fog, listening to <laughs> motorcycles <laughs> everywhere and thinking, wow, this is like a wild place. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, but I was very lucky. Not really seeing the buildings through the fog, just kind no, of like it was, surrounded I, I never really, I don't think I saw the lake, honestly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it was just one of those weird weeks in Milwaukee where, uh, you know, it was just an odd time. And, uh, but it was, but the orchestra was amazing and it, and um, I enjoyed the concerts and uh, I was very, I mean, look at age, I think I was 26 or 27, mm-hmm. you know, at that age to be offered a principal spot in a major symphony orchestra was a pretty big deal. Incredible. And especially yeah. against that sort of competition. Um, yeah. So I always considered myself my biggest competition. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good attitude. Yes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had to get through my brain if yeah, I was going to do well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And something about this audition in this place struck gold. It worked. Yeah. 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 And so what kept me here, um, well, I was in the orchestra for 15 years um, and uh, eight years ago became the executive director um, through a wild series of events. Um, <laughs> and uh, I am I feel very lucky to be entrusted with that amount of responsibility. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm also lucky because we have a fantastic team. Our board is amazing and the staff's amazing. The orchestra is amazing. So um, we've really come together to, to work towards this amazing project we're working on now with the building and then mm-hmm. a life for the orchestra in a new reality. Mm-hmm. It is really exciting to, to see the new life ahead for the orchestra mm-hmm. with the building of the Bradley Symphony Center. So it seems to offer these these significant dual areas of impact. Yep. Um, on the one hand, the opportunity for the MSO to control its own venue and its yep. own space and schedule and, and the whole patron experience. Uh, but then also this big opportunity for civic transformation in a downtown area that has been in need of revitalization. So talk about talk about the balance. Talk about how you enter into that conversation with both things in mind. Sure. Well, it's funny. I actually, I think there's three things, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm going to make it even four. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you mentioned the economic impact for West Wisconsin Avenue, obviously, mm-hmm. and then sort of the, the reinvigoration of the business model of the symphony, which really is about revenue for us and earned revenue especially. There's two more I like to talk about. Uh, the other one is 
the historic preservation of a beautiful building. Mm, you know, that's mm -hmm. a that's a very Milwaukee thing. Sure. Is to take yeah. an old building and repurpose it and make it something really interesting. So making something new from the old. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing is how this entire project is allowing the symphony to execute on its long-term mission, mm -hmm. right? We're not property developers. Mm -hmm. We are a symphony orchestra and we want to be the home for music in Milwaukee mm -hmm. and we want anyone to come to our concerts and feel welcome. Mm -hmm. And um and that's much more possible when we are able to control the entire, I mean, in business talk, it would be the consumer pathway. But right. for us, it's really about how do you interact with the orchestra? What right. is your what is your feeling about it? You know, I mean, hotels are great at this. Disney World's fantastic at it. Mm -hmm. um, museums are, I think, better at it than a lot of orchestras are. Mm -hmm. um, and I would like us to be a leader in that, of mm -hmm. making people feel like this is their home. And um, they're welcome to be there, and there's going to be something for everyone, mm -hmm. and um, and that's accomplished a few different ways. Um, there's the design of the building, and there's the programming of the building. Mm -hmm. um, I'll start with the design first, only because we're kind of in the building mode right now. Um, the theater was built in 1930 and is sort of smashed in the middle of a block, and the marquee is on the side of an office building, meaning the the office building was built with a theater. So you walk through the lobby of the office building to the middle of the block and that's where the theater is. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it wasn't, I mean, granted there's a marquee, but it wasn't super clear how you get in. And you certainly didn't understand there's this gigantic theater back in the middle of the block. Um, we have, uh, are building in addition, uh, a large glass structure, which will be on the corner of second in Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. That is intentionally all glass mm -hmm. lit up all the time and super welcoming. Yeah. So we're basically weekend. exactly, and it'll be at night. It will glow, and you'll you'll be able to see in and see what's going on. And you're going to walk down the street, and you're going to say, "I want to go in there." Sure. You know, and I think that's and 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 our goal is to for everyone to feel welcome to go in there, mm -hmm. and it'll be open during the day. Even if you're not going to a concert, mm -hmm. you're welcome to walk in and and wander the lobby. And one of the nice that's things, great. you know, our our opening events are going to coincide with the. Uh, Doors Open Milwaukee uh, mm -hmm. Festival. That happens every fall. It happens every fall. Yeah. And w that's exactly what we're going to do. The first time anyone will get to walk in that building is be during that festival. And there's the building will be fill filled with music, open, free to the public. Come on in, yeah. wander around, check it out. So that's, um, that's pretty important. Then the other piece is how do you program the building? Um, and that's where the symphony has made great strides in the last several years. Um, not only do we have our classical subscription concerts that occur at have been occurring at the Marcus Center, um, several of which we're doing at the PAPS this year. Mm -hmm. um, but the programming around those concerts and sort of, you know, classical music is not just for one subset of humanity. Um, it's for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, and the trick is to break down the barriers of attendance anxiety, right? Which is going to be, how are we going to give people information about the concerts ahead of time? Are we going to feature uh, artists who are uh, male and female, mm -hmm, white mm -hmm. and black. Um, are we going to be featuring composers who are male and female and white and black? And you should, everyone should feel like there's going to be something happening for them that year that they would be interested in. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, um, one of the things that's going to make that even, uh, when it comes to at least the building, is to make it more interesting, is going to be our partnership with the Pabst Riverside Group. Mm -hmm. They've already, you know, they've turned two theaters around in Milwaukee, the Pabst and the Riverside Theater. Sure, yeah. And they are, you know, Beautiful presenting, stuff. I think, 600 events a year. Mm -hmm. And um, they're they're salivating over our theater. 
You know, this, <laughs> I'm sure they well, are. Well, this, this symphony yeah. because the symphony can't play a concert every night. That's right. just not possible. Yeah. So there's a lot of nights that where the mm-hmm. symphony won't be playing, yeah. and with a great partnership with them, uh, we're going to be filling with a lot of different uh, different programming. Mm-hmm. So in a way, this the event of this space opening serves as a catalyst. Uh, for a lot of things I'm sure you've been making deposits on, like wanting to represent more diverse voices on mm-hmm. stage, like uh, breaking down barriers that allow yep. everyone in Milwaukee to That's come. Right. And, and this, this opening provides a great... 100%. Yeah. So the, th- the thing, it's funny because I like to use this term attendance anxiety a lot because mm-hmm. I think the vast majority of people, regardless of their socioeconomic, racial, or any background would like to experience the art in their city. Mm-hmm. It would be very, they would, I, I imagine, and I, I've, I've talked to folks that I, would, I, I really feel like I should go to the art museum, but I haven't. Mm-hmm. I really feel like I should, and, and especially this through this lens, and my children should experience mm-hmm. the symphony, the right. ballet, right. the opera, the art museum. I mean, I'm talking about in the, th- the theater at the rep. I mean, but I'm talking about the big ones, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the big cornerstone groups in Milwaukee. But right. there's a tremendous amount of arts ecosystem in this town mm-hmm. that uh, is, you know, connected to not not only to downtown, but out of the neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. So there's an, always an appetite for art. It's just a question of, do you feel welcome? Mm-hmm. And do you feel there's gonna be something that interests you? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's, that's really our goal is to expand the knowledge in our community of what we offer mm-hmm. and to make it welcoming for everybody. Mm-hmm. Will, I, will I see someone there that looks like me? Right. Will I wear the right clothes? Right. Will I know when to clap? Mm-hmm. Can I bring my drink inside? Yeah. Where will I park? Right. I mean, that's, those things seem so simple, but those, I mean, those are the things that, that in, they're interesting. So I'll give you a, mm-hmm. a, a an example that I use for myself. So I, I grew up in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really have any interest in the rodeo, right? Mm-hmm. But if I went to Texas, that's a, an experience to have. Sure. But, and actually, not even in Texas, other places. Mm-hmm. I would like to go to a rodeo. I would. I'd be interested to see it. Why not? Right. But do I have to wear boots? Mm-hmm. Do I have to wear a cowboy hat? Mm-hmm. Uh, when will there be food? Do I, how does, how does it work? Cause I've never been. Right. So I have, I have, a, I would have attendance anxiety and I would want to go to the rodeo with someone who's been there before, or I want to feel invited or I want to feel welcome. Right. So that's, that's how I think about it mm-hmm. in, a, in a way. What are the, and, um, and that's our job. Our job is to make sure that if we were the rodeo, you would feel f- fine coming. Right. And so that's, that's how we approach it. Mm-hmm. What do you think makes, uh, that experience and the experience of going to the MSO feel distinctly Milwaukee. Uh, what draws people to feel the sense of civic pride uh, that makes them think maybe in the same way that going to being a Texan that, that, you know, evangelizes about, have you been to a rodeo? Sure. What gives people that experience of, of direct civic pride around uh, arts institutions in their city? Well, the thing that makes, I'm not going to say the symphony is not unique in this sense, but the, the thing that makes the symphony special is every single member of the orchestra lives in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. We're, we import talent for soloists in front of the orchestra and guest conductors at time. But every yeah. single person sitting down, so to speak, mm-hmm. is a, a resident of Milwaukee, likely moved here for the job, mm-hmm. meaning um, not many people in the orchestra are originally from Milwaukee. Sure. And the ones that are 
many went away and came back for the job in the orchestra. So, so the symphony is a great aggregator of talent. Mm-hmm. And if you look around the city and see who teaches violin and who teaches trumpet, and who, it's the symphony members. Mm-hmm. So it is, it's very much a hometown team in that way. Sure. Um, and they, in the members of the orchestra tend to stay for their career. I mean, my predecessor was in the orchestra for 38 years. Mm-hmm. Um, people and, you know, people are lifers, so to speak, and they mm-hmm. become, they become famous and part of the fabric of the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so that's, that's one, that's one way. Um, also, Milwaukee has a, it's funny, Milwaukee has a love-hate relationship with excellence. <laughs> yeah, right? Do you know it, what I mean? There's too much of this Midwestern humbleness that creeps up, right? I, I, am, I have been on record of saying this over and over and over, where, like, there's this kind of thing about this almost, this weird pride of, well, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't, we don't want to, we don't want to be too good. Mm-hmm. Like, who are we? in Milwaukee to expect a great sushi restaurant, a, <laughs> a world-class Italian restaurant, a ballet company that's amazing. Like, or, you know, and, mm-hmm. but the thing is we're, I think we're shedding this charming, humble thing that's actually d- diminutive in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and the symphony is a, a, a shining example of that. I mean, it's, it is, it's a world-class orchestra that punches above its weight mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, we, when we have guest artists come through, you know, this happens like on a weekly basis. Somebody comes up to me and says, a visiting soloist or mm-hmm. conductor will say, you know, so I heard things in Milwaukee were pretty great and you guys are a really good orchestra. But I had no idea how good. Mm-hmm. And this is like, and then and then often they will say to me, it's funny, almost paternally, do you know what you have here? Do you understand how important it is that you protect this? Mm-hmm. You know, this doesn't exist other places. Mm-hmm. And um, whether people in Milwaukee are able to articulate that that way, I'm mm-hmm. not sure. But there is a sense of civic pride of how great the orchestra is. Mm-hmm. So I'll have a, I have conversations every now and ar- every now and then around town that, um, you know, it's like a, it's like a it's like a sports team that's winning, mm-hmm. in a way. Right. Um, but I'll uh, you know, I was taking an Uber ride from the airport and the guy says, "What do you do?" I said, "Well, you know, I I I, I work for the Milwaukee Symphony." He says, "Oh, that's a great orchestra." And I said, "Really? What, what was your what, what was your favorite concert?" He goes, "Oh, I've never been." I just know it is. I just know it is. Yeah, yeah. And that's and that's really that's kind of neat. This this point of civic pride. But of course, then I'm my conversation <laughs> with them is like, well, then you have to go, right, right, right. And then I see it as my job is I'm going to give the guy a ticket. Yeah, right. I'm not going to give him. I'm not going to give him yeah. ten tickets. I'm going to you know I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to give him a gateway ticket. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Please come and check it out, and then you know hopefully you'll come back. Yeah. And that's really that's our opportunity as people next year in our new building. There's going to be a lot of curiosity mm-hmm. about. One, I, I imagine many people will go to their first symphony concert next year mm-hmm. in order to see this incredible space. Sure. And then our job is going to make to be to make sure that they had a great time, mm-hmm. they felt welcome, that they felt like they did something that they could share with their friends or their family. Mm-hmm. They had a shared experience that was meaningful mm-hmm. and artistic and in, entertaining mm-hmm. all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they'll want to come back, mm-hmm. and they'll want to tell other people to come back. Yeah. So you talked about the the web of connection that the orchestra musicians Mm -hmm. uh, build and that they are, you know, they're not just playing on stage downtown. They're part of, they're a really ingrained part of the community. Absolutely. And and imagine is really interested in the conversation around uh, how do we elevate artists opportunity to be drivers of civic change? Um, And so I'm curious from your perspective, what, what is an answer to that? How can artists and, and arts administrators be even more woven into the civic fabric of our city where they're at tables 
related to community development and it's it's interesting you say that at tables literally Mm -hmm. um one of the things that has happened since we announced the the building of our building is i've been invited to every downtown development round table (laughs) in milwaukee Mm -hmm. and i'm the only person from the art sector most many much of the time not all the time but much of the time Mm -hmm. in a room full of property developers and construction people and things like that and um my my goal is not to make the most money off of a building Mm -hmm. um I do expect our building to rationalize our revenue streams, but the symphony's mission is not to see how much we can charge for tickets. Mm -hmm. That's not what we do. Um, So I come at it with a different lens. Um, And uh, and to have that voice in the room is important. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm also interested in creating um, density downtown, Mm. meaning people coming who aren't from downtown, coming downtown and feeling welcome and feeling a, a sense of ownership. Mm-hmm. And that's especially important on West Wisconsin Avenue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, I could just throw out job numbers. We're going to create a lot of jobs in our new building. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's a big deal. Um, but what is what is the voice of someone who's not building a, 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 a $90 million project? <laughs> so it's is a our, rare it's a, it's, opportunity. I, I, it's right. Yeah, so yeah. so I, it, this is, this is it's not typical, and it's not going to be... Uh, it's not going to be new and shiny forever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think really for me, the most important or one of the most important things we do is we, we become a safe place to have conversations mm-hmm. and, and help promote a thoughtful society. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I like, you know, you hear people say, well, we live in a world where, you know, there's everything's so polarized now, you know what? The world has been pretty polarized for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the arts can be a place where conversation occurs, where um, you can examine your feelings. Mm-hmm. You can um, openly talk about what your world worldview is mm-hmm. and what your intrinsic biases may be. Mm-hmm. Why do you like something? Why do you not like it? Well, what does that say about you? Well, what does that say about the world around you? Mm-hmm. Well, what what speaks to you about this piece? Well, it's you know, this could be a, a visual piece, a theater piece, a symphony piece. And it's an entree to have conversations that would be more difficult to just enter into straight out. Mm-hmm. You know? And um I'm really impressed with the work the the Milwaukee Rep is doing in that space. They're doing mm-hmm. a fantastic job of of creating conversations. Um, we're doing a uh, a wonderful uh, work called Emergency Shelter Intake Form yeah. later in March. That is is exactly that. It's this the symphony can be an illuminator. Mm-hmm. If we um, if we play a piece that's about um, homelessness and evictions mm-hmm. and go play that piece not in our hall but in a, in a neighborhood where this is an issue mm-hmm. it's i mean we're not we're not so uh we don't have as much hubris to think that you know oh we just discovered something we certainly didn't but if we bring our musicians and our audience there mm-hmm. that's shining a light if only for a short period of time mm-hmm. to maybe move the ball forward a little bit and have have the conversation in a way that maybe uh creates different outcomes or at least interest from certain quarters, mm-hmm. then that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're not going to, the symphony is not going to solve these problems, but the symphony can be part of the process to at least illuminating the problem and making sure that it's being talked about. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I was so excited personally to hear about that project. It's I, really neat. I love Gabriel Kahane, and he's gonna—he's the composer, and he'll be here That's for exactly the project. Right. It's great. Yeah, and the thing yeah. that—and uh, it's it, the wonderful part, besides just the the musical piece, is we're gonna have uh, discussions and talking groups mm-hmm. afterwards, right. as well as other things happening in the neighborhood beforehand to to create uh, uh, knowledge that it's occurring. Right. Mm-hmm. That's one of it, and then. Um, it's really neat. The uh, the chorus of the piece, the choir, is made up of people who either are or have experienced homelessness and eviction. Wow, that's so powerful. it's pretty, you know, and it's not, uh, and it and it's it's actually very well done. Mm-hmm. It's very well done. So, um, so is that that sort of neighborhood based programming is mm-hmm. something of a new entity or a new new venture for MSO and no or, for the last yeah. for the last. I would say four years or at least five years, we've done a weekly neighborhood residency cool. where we've basically okay. parked the orchestra. We did River West and Harambe. Uh, we did down in um, uh, Bayside, oh God, Bayview, Bayside, which yeah. is up and which is down. I, get them, I, <laughs> I, I, I do them backwards all the time. So uh, I drove to the wrong one once, actually. Oh, no. no <laughs> down in Bayview um, and down there. And, um, in, and that was really... Um, an outcome of not being able to get into the Marcus Center, honestly. Mm-hmm. We want to be more entangled with our with our neighborhoods. And we also had weeks where there was a Broadway show in the Marcus Center and we didn't have anywhere to play. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of a, an aspirational way to in- create um, more connections. And it's worked so well, we will continue to do it in our new building. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, And then we also have our, our other um, secret symphonies mm-hmm. where we basically pop up in a spot where you don't expect to see an orchestra Mm, Um, like the, you know, the, um, the black Milwaukee blacksmiths have their sort of foundry space down on the South side. Mm, So mm -hmm. we did a concert in their space. Um, yeah, we've done a several concerts. Um, you know, we played at the outside the planetarium with the museum. We played in the rotunda of the Milwaukee public library. Um, and with programming that goes along with the space Mm -hmm. and, um, people really like that. But so people, people really like, hearing the symphony not in the hall mm-hmm. um it demystifies it it personalizes it the, you're much you're closer to the musicians and um you know people mingle and have a drink and mm-hmm. hang out and it's it's a pretty neat way to mm-hmm. it's a neat way to experience classical music how do you think you navigate the balance of some of that more almost scrappy entrepreneurial uh out in the neighborhoods mm-hmm. sort of work that feels really essential to an orchestra establishing its place in a community at mm-hmm. large sure. uh, with the, the business of being the largest arts institution in Wisconsin and, and the, the mechanics of that. How do you kind of ha- play both sides in a way? Um, I'm going to frame that question a different way. Sure. What are we willing to lose money on? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we're a nonprofit and we, um, more of our budget comes from contributed revenue than it does from ticket sales. Um, which means that it is important that the, f- the corporate and, and, and individual philanthropic community in Milwaukee feels that what we're doing is relevant and important and essential. And I am certain, I know for a fact, it is important to our funders that we don't just hold up in our building mm-hmm. and play music by dead white guys. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, let's be honest. That's, I mean, that is part of what we do. In, in order to be a great symphony orchestra, you must play Beethoven and Brahms and, and Mahler <laughs> ex- threshold ex- extremely well, yeah. right? I mean, extremely well. I yeah. mean, that's like, because, so really it's, it, the discussion mm-hmm. is more, it's not an or discussion, it's an yeah. and discussion. Sure. So, you know, you flip the lever of artistic excellence and it stays flipped and you don't ever un- unflip it. Mm-hmm. And then you talk about and, mm-hmm. um, because that is, I mean, that's, that's a thriving arts organization in the 21st century is... You are excellent at your art making and you're excellent at your community making and you have to do both. And, um, and they're not mutually exclusive. And honestly, I think they complement each other really well if done properly. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's people, you know, we play down at, uh, uh down at Humboldt park at, uh, uh, was it, what do they call it? Uh, on chill on the hill. Mm. Right. So we play chill on the hill mm-hmm. every year. There's a lot, there's what, six to 7,000 people there. Mm-hmm. Some of those people love the symphony and will come see the symphony because they had a great time at Chill on the Hill. Sure. Um, so that's it's a it's an acquisition strategy <laughs> as much as it is a community engagement strategy, as much as it is a execute on your mission, mm-hmm. right? So an interesting question sometimes would be what another one of our gateway concerts is these film with orchestra things we do. Right. Where we, you know, we put a screen up and the orchestra plays the soundtrack to Star Wars or mm-hmm. Harry Potter or Home Alone. And I think next year we're doing Princess Bride and mm-hmm. um, Singing in the Rain. Well, mm-hmm. it feels accessible mm-hmm. because you're not going to the symphony or going to a movie. Mm-hmm. So your attendance anxiety is lowered. The complexity of a John Williams score to Star Wars is just as complex as mm-hmm. playing Wagner's Ring Cycle. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, John Williams completely stole from Wagner, <laughs> right? So, but your perception of going because you're seeing the film and the you're, it's still an orchestra playing an amazing score, it changes. Mm-hmm. Now, the question, so here's, here's the existential question. I don't even know the answer to it. Actually, I don't even want to ever know the answer mm-hmm. to it. Um, if someone only goes to the symphony to see the movie concerts, is that a success or a failure? Mm-hmm. Meaning, is it our job to convert them into a classical subscription <laughs> buyer? Or are we executing our mission if they just come a couple times a year and see a couple movies and have a great time? Right. And then in that process, uh, hopefully become more filled with pride for this exactly. institution existing and they're downtown, in their city. Yeah. And they're buying dinner yeah. and they're paying for parking mm-hmm. and they're... And they're out and about, and you know what? And they're not sitting on their couch at home. Yeah, yeah. Right? And that's, so that's, so defining success is an interesting, uh, it can be an interesting process. Mm -hmm. And it's, I find, I'm fascinated how different people view success differently in our world. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's changing. It's changing. You know, and we always, you know, are you, right? I'll take Chill on the Hill as an example. Um, it is not an acoustically excellent environment, <laughs> right? We're playing in a band shell outside with mm-hmm. microphones through speakers. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound as good as it sounds live in our concert hall. Mm-hmm. Does that mean we should never play there? No, of course, of not. course not. Yeah, but because we're we're defining success differently, mm-hmm. and also maybe in that sense redefining what excellence is in True. that setting too. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But we what we try to do in our Especially, and this was one of the tenets we used in our secret symphony, our sort of pop-up concerts, is we didn't dumb the concert down. Mm-hmm. We didn't play lesser music 
and to to insult the audience. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, every now and then we do one bonbon, something silly, like we did. We played Thriller by Michael Jackson at our mm-hmm. Halloween concert, mm-hmm. but that was at the end. The rest of the concert was classical music that had a spooky, scary theme to it. Mm-hmm. Um, because um, I do know that younger audiences do not want to be talked down to. Mm-hmm. They actually are as interested in the great masterworks that their parents and their grandparents were interested in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But they want to share the experience of going to that concert a little differently than their parents and grandparents did. Mm -hmm. They want to go with, I'm just, I'm, I'm, you know, this is what my research has told me. They want to go with people they care about Mm -hmm. and they want to learn something and they want to do something that's meaningful mm-hmm. and they want to walk away feeling like they have become a more enlightened person who has increased their knowledge of the world. Mm-hmm. And, and then they want to share it and they want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And um, we're really excellently positioned to do that. That's exciting. If I can ask you to a little bit step back, maybe not just the MSO, but maybe mm-hmm. how the MSO fits into it. Sure. What does the future look like for Milwaukee arts and culture at large? Uh, from your perspective, what are strengths and what are some key areas for growth? I think we have arts organizations in Milwaukee that punch above their weight. Um, not just the symphony. Um, mm-hmm. The rep, the ballet, opera, the art museum, you know, the big ones, mm-hmm. um, are all, the humble Milwaukeean would say, better than we deserve, mm. right? Mm-hmm. I disagree with that humble Milwaukeean. I think we deserve this, mm-hmm. um, but they are amazing. Um, I think that uh, we could do a better job of connecting the cornerstone groups to their I don't want to say anything diminutive because I don't ever don't mean it that way, but they're little brothers and sisters, so to speak, right? Mm. The the other theater groups, right? The other orchestras, you know, the uh, neighborhood organizations, the neighbor, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. But we have had years and years of struggle for these arts organizations mm-hmm. in order to become solvent, sustainable, thriving, mm-hmm. and we all have our existential crises periodically. And when that happens, you protect your young mm, and you mm-hmm. go into your mode of um, uh, sort of a, a self-preservation. Mm-hmm. So it is, um, as, I, as I see the individual groups start to thrive mm-hmm. and not be concerned about, are we going to make payroll next week? Mm-hmm. Are we going to, uh, you know, is our is our building going to fall into the river, right? Mm-hmm. Is our, you know, are we going to get kicked out of our building when, when every Broadway show comes through? Like right. it's when you're constantly struggling for your very existence, that is not a fruitful place to be the best collaborator ever. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't mean you can't. It just means um, part of, part of what the larger organizations can do in a collaborative way is actually provide resources for the collaboration, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, invite other groups into your space, mm-hmm. right? Uh, help market, mm-hmm. right? Uh, put the seal of approval on that, mm-hmm. right? Um, 
for instance, you know, uh, the Festival City Symphony will be playing all of their concerts in our new building. Great. Um, yeah. We've invited yeah. the folks from the Milwaukee Youth Symphony Orchestra to play their concerts in our building. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so it's going to become the home for orchestral music in Milwaukee for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but then who else do we invite to come in our building? But then there's, you know, and this is this is just the reality of it. Um, and this is going to sound a little bit crass, and I don't mean it to, but what I believe the larger organizations experience on occasion is someone wanting something for free in under the guise of collaboration. Mm, mm-hmm. And a, a collaborative relationship is two-way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And um, it needs to be mutually beneficial. I mean, I don't mean that financially. Right. I mean, there are, there are, I mean, it just needs to be um, a mutually beneficial arrangement that is, uh, that is collaborative on mm-hmm. actually collaborative. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's where we um, are. That's where we are going to need to um, focus our efforts is making sure that we're doing really authentic collaborations mm-hmm. where it's not, okay, the symphony wants to come play Beethoven five in your high school gym. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not a collaboration. That's just we're showing up and doing what we do. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't, that's not really it. Mm-hmm. What, you know, what, what does your high school need? What is, how's your high school band doing? How's the orchestra doing? Mm-hmm. What, what would be the most meaningful thing we could do for your school? Mm-hmm. Don't sit, tell you what we're going to do. Right. Ask you, what do you want? Right. And then taking the resource of the symphony. And if they say, you know what? Our percussion section has terrible instruments, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what can mm-hmm. the symphony do to help secure new instruments for that school? Or we don't have any sheet music. Well, guess what? The chairman of the board of the Hal Leonard Corporation, chairman is on our board. So we're going to make a connection for you to figure out how we can get new new sheet music. There. Right. You right. know, um, one of the things that we're, we're talking about doing mm-hmm. is um, the Milwaukee Public Schools are hiring lots of new music teachers. Mm-hmm. Lots of them. Um, I don't know the exact, I th- I've heard as many as 80. Wow, fantastic. Now, so now here we have, very likely some recent music education college graduates, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Coming likely many of them will be coming right out of school mm-hmm. with their degree in music mm-hmm. and they are going to be new music teachers. Lots mm-hmm. of them. What can the symphony do to support them? Right. 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 What, what can we, and we're, we're investigating it right now and not give them free tickets to concerts. I mean, that's, you know, that's it's, not, it's no. a very basic entry point. Maybe. No, 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 but not that's, enough. I mean, not maybe enough. that's part of it. I mean, sure, yeah. we'll, yeah. sure, yes. Yeah. Yes, we'll give them free tickets, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. What does a new music teacher in Milwaukee need as a resource mm-hmm. as they enter a school that maybe doesn't have a music program, mm-hmm. doesn't have any instruments, mm-hmm. doesn't have any sheet music, mm-hmm. right? Right. How can, what can the symphony and the symphony's connections, the symphony bandwidth do to assist this teacher? Now, we're not going to tell them. They're going to tell us. Mm-hmm. And we already have assembled some some information, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's been it's actually been fascinating to me because teachers are offered a lot of assistance or things to do outside of the classroom and not during school time. Mm-hmm. They actually need help during school. <laughs> right. They actually they actually need re- resources to do their job mm-hmm. from eight to three o'clock. Mm-hmm. So how does a symphony do that? Mm-hmm. That's kind of that's where we are. Yeah, and it's fascinating to think about that as an institutional example of what I think Imagine MK is hoping to cultivate this sense of true partnership and authentic collaboration between 
uh, all of our, our arts and civic institutions mm-hmm. and individual artists in such a way that we're, that we're building authentic bridges, that we're lifting up the city as a whole, that mm-hmm. we feel a sense of pride that this is something that yep. Milwaukee does particularly That's well. Right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Without a territorial, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh, I'm the only group that can do this type of work. And mm-hmm. that happens sometimes in Milwaukee. Sure. But it is it is true. On even, any given weekend, it is possible. The symphony could do a semi-stage version of La Traviata. Skylight could do a small version of La Traviata. The rep could be putting on a uh, interesting version of La Traviata. <laughs> and the opera could do the fully staged version of La Traviata. <laughs> right, right. Right. And there could be a small theater company doing a... Uh, humorous tape spoof of La Traviata. Yeah. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So nobody owns anything. No. And that is, that needs to, uh, that needs to be a, that's a growing place for us mm-hmm. is to feel like just because someone else is doing some kind of the work doesn't mean it takes away from your work. Mm, absolutely. There's room, there is room for everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's not, the pie is not just as big as the pie is. Mm-hmm. So. Thank you. I have one more question to close. I really sure. appreciate you taking the time to sure. talk today. Uh, so the a question I'm closing all of these interviews with is tell us something you want to celebrate, lift up right now in Milwaukee arts and culture that you're excited about. Could be a person, could be a place, uh, something you are personally wanting to shout out. I, you know, I, I, I should probably talk about our new music director, Ken David Mazur. Yeah. He's, um, he's a world-class musician and he's a world-class person. Mm-hmm. And he and his wife, Melinda, have moved here with their three kids. Mm-hmm. And they are putting a stake in the ground here in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. And um, the work that he's already done with the orchestra and the, what he's pushing us as an institution to achieve is remarkable. And um, this is his first season. Um, he, I think he's doing eight weeks with us this year. Mm. Um, next year, there'll be more in the new building. And there'll be much more of a... Uh, the, Im- the His impact will be more apparent uh, next year because just of you know, more time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really excited about it. And I think, uh, the more people get to know him and the more they get to know about him, mm-hmm. uh, they'll, uh, he's, he's a fantastic cultural fit for our orchestra and for Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, a uh, half German and half Japanese. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's got the whole German, uh, we actually went to German fest together this summer and he was just uh, over yeah. the moon. <laughs> um, and, uh, but he's also, he spent most of his life in America. So he's, he's this amazing um, uh, sort of, sorry, where do we put it? He's so many different things. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also just sort of an amazing artist. Mm-hmm. And his relationship with the orchestra is really special. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they really love him. And, and that's palpable. When you see people on stage who have a true affection for one another, uh, it's, you, can, you can feel it. It makes a big difference. It makes a big difference. So I'm, I'm probably the most excited about uh, having him with us and watching his connection to Milwaukee grow. Mm, Great. Thank you so much, Mark. All right, thank you. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe by searching Arts Forward MKE on your favorite listening platform or go to imaginemke slash podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our other two podcasts, Imagine This Podcast and Black Imagination, and follow us on social. On Facebook, we're Imagine MKE, and on Insta and Twitter, we're at Imagine underscore MKE. Join me next week for an interview with photographer, director, visual storyteller, Samar Ghani. Be well, friends. <laughs> <laughs>